Welcome, listeners. This is the very first episode of the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm excited to share this information, these learnings, teachings, and healings with you. And this podcast, it's really for anyone that is looking at their life as a whole, where they want to be, where they're going, with whom. And this platform provides you with techniques and modalities to remain really grounded and grateful for yourself, for the people around you, and even when stresses arise, stay grounded. So we'll talk a little about wedding planning, we'll talk about life shifts, we'll talk a lot about being well, and we'll laugh because it's important to have fun with all of it. So our very first guest is Nellie Brow from House of Ojas. And I admit that the anticipation of this episode has been a lot because we've tried to record it like three times and kept having weird errors. So I'm so excited to finally sit down with Nellie, hear her really wise insight into our bodies and our minds, how they're connected and how we can nourish them both. So I'm excited to share this with all of you. Listen in and enjoy. Do you remember planning your wedding? Are you planning it right now and thinking, why is this so stressful? You're not alone. With budgets to juggle, big plans to make, and friends and family to keep happy, wedding planning has become less about fun and more about work. Wedded Wellness is here to provide health and wellness tools to ease your stress and create routines that enable you to remain calm and strong on your big day and beyond. Because stress will always be with us. And what better than to cultivate wellness and identify your best self as you move into any stage of life. This is the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Welcome in, listeners. We're here with Nellie Brow, um, holistic health coach, Ayurvedic expert, and just a really wise human. Thanks for being here, Nellie. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm excited. Um, truth fast, I've fangirled Nellie for years. Like, you know that <laughs> you need to work with someone when you're, like, the day they start the Instagram, like, oh my gosh, this is the <laughs> coolest stuff ever. Well, you're so kind. Thank you. And now we get to work together. I'm super excited. I am too. <laughs> so Nellie, tell us about the magic that you do, when you started it, how you got there, all the good things. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, first off, I just want to say thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to, like you said, be working with you and also be one of the first guests on your podcast. It's really exciting. Um, So as you said, I'm Nellie Brow, holistic health coach and founder of House of Ogis. And House of Ogis is a well-being company, and we provide holistic health coaching for individuals, couples, and organizations. Uh, We also do workshops on a variety of health and wellness topics. And I'm super excited to announce that we've just launched a holistic health e-course that begins in January 2020 and enrollments are open now. So it's been super exciting. Um, As far as how I got into this work, um, so I think for a lot of people in health and wellness, uh, we find our way here from our own health journey. Uh, So personally, as a young adult, I struggled with mental health issues, in particular anxiety and depression and also disordered eating And I quickly learned that the biomedical responses to these challenges uh, just weren't going to help me in the way I personally needed. So it felt like it was like a Band-Aid type response or symptom management, but not real healing. And so I went searching on my own um, for uh, health and, and healing, and it was a windy path, but eventually I discovered holistic health, and I knew right away that I wanted to be in this space. I just 
kept feeling better and better and more and more like myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went on then to pursue a master's in holistic health. I trained at the Mayo Clinic in their health coaching program. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yes. Okay. And that's what allowed me to eventually become a national board certified health and wellness coach. And then as you had mentioned, um, I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner. So most recently I studied in India for that. Somewhere along there, I became a yoga instructor as well. So (laughs) as you were saying, I, I just have really dedicated a lot of my um, life to studying health and well-being and then gaining experience and honing my coaching craft. So I've been coaching now for over seven years in both corporate wellness and in private practice. Wow. Do you find that all of those um, education branches are complementary to each other or do you learn things kind of as you go? I guess they probably would work together, right? Yes, absolutely. And that's a big tenet of holistic health is that everything is interrelated. I will say the big foundation of my education um, was the master's in holistic health Mm -hmm. because something like Ayurveda or yoga, um, they would be considered uh, each individual modalities um, and you can study them on their own, but they still fit in the umbrella of holistic health, if you will. And so that for me was the true foundational knowledge. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite part of the work that you do? Oh, great question. Um, well, what I, I guess what I would say is most rewarding for me is witnessing meaningful change among my clients. Uh, and usually meaningful change actually is just that the client is becoming less of something they thought they should be or have to be and more of who they really are. Um, who they've essentially been all along. And I like to say that in my practice, my clients do more unlearning than they do learning and more rewriting than retelling old stories. So for me, being present and holding space for someone's transformation is meaningful work and something that is so, so needed right now. Um, I just see people are really craving going inward, doing the deep work and becoming more rooted and therefore feeling better. Mm Mm-hmm. I just had a session with Nellie a couple of weeks ago, right before we went on vacation. And it was funny because I live in this world, this wellness world. Mm, like I yes. preach the yogas all the day, you know, and talk about wellness. And it was such a good reminder. The things that you told me, they weren't anything huge. Like, you know, we didn't even talk much food. We talked like, Ashley, slow down, <laughs> like mm-hmm. yes. build in some unscheduled time on your vacation. And mm-hmm. f- like having someone just tell me that, like, it's okay to not have a goal set for your <laughs> vacation. Yes, And I did it and it felt so good. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. That's something I definitely see in my practice a lot is that I'm having people come to me who do want to slow down or they want to live a less stressful life. They realize that there's some benefit there. Um, but like you said, they need permission. I need someone to say, yes, this is something that will support you. And then uh, also um, they need some time to get comfortable because so many of us even feel indulgent or guilty for taking time for ourselves. Um, But really something like unscheduled time is incredibly healing. Um, And so getting more comfortable with that is going to certainly lead to benefit. Just takes a little time to get yeah, more at ease with that practice. Mm hmm. And if I, you know, I remember the the process of, of planning my wedding, which we talk a lot about with mm-hmm. Wedded Wellness, and that time to me felt so scheduled from the minute I got mm. up to, okay, I've got to check in on these vendors, or my lunch breaks at work was like making these phone calls, and and it, it just got really overwhelming and made me feel pretty stressed. Let's talk about stress and how that affects our body and not mm. and when I say stress listeners I'm not just saying like that one day where you're kind of like 
oh, I've, I've got a lot to do. I'm talking about like days and days of chronic stress. What happens to our bodies when we're in that state? Great question. Well, um, stress, I think a lot of people are coming to know can really wreak havoc on a number of systems. And what I'll say is that it's going to express itself differently in each person. So yeah. some people are really afflicted from a mental perspective. Um, some people it's going to show up more physically and they suddenly have an ailment that they can't explain or doctors can't explain for them. Um, and yet it's related back to stress, even if it seems unrelated, um, like something like psoriasis, for example. Right. Um, they think that there's some sort of physical explanation and oftentimes it can be related back to stress. So it's going to express itself differently in people, but certainly it can affect any system in the body. Mm -hmm. When someone is struggling with stress and that day-to-day that -day stress, what is the first thing that you ask them? Like, where do you go as a coach to figure out either maybe where it's coming from or like how it's manifesting? Like, how do you as a coach guide someone like that? Which yeah. is everyone, really. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, this is so common. And yet, in my coaching practice, everyone's a little bit different. Okay. Um, so, like I said, stress manifests differently in each person. But I think in terms of the question I would ask them is, I mean, I, I usually start out with a something that is actually so healing, which is narrative. So I ask them, tell me your story. Yeah. You know, where are you at right now? Just set the scene for me. Give me some context because within that we can really start to understand things. And I think because of the society we live in, people aren't, you know, telling their full narrative. Um, the healthcare professionals and doctors in this society have, you know, really short amounts of time with their um, patients or their clients. And so they're asking super pointed questions. No one is given a platform to just say, here's everything right now. And I'm not sure where to begin. Um, but I'm open, you know, um, that's the type of work I do in my coaching is, you know, let's, let's talk about your story. And then, you know, your vision from there where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the story. I mean, we don't even I don't, I can say I couldn't even really understand my own story until I started verbalizing it with you mm -hmm. of like where I was at, you know, health wise with food with schedule all of those things and then when I said it out loud I was like whoa oh yeah that's yes. that is true yeah it's powerful to say out loud and um, you know we have a lot of thoughts swimming around in our head all day things we think we need to do or should do quote-unquote or things we'd like to do in the future um, and it's just us and it can be really isolating um, and it can be pressure filled and so even just creating a safe space for that client to yeah say it out loud. It's powerful because the client will even come to a lot of conclusions on their own just by having a witness to that story. Mm. And we see that story narrative is a healing practice that's found in cultures all around the globe. So this is not unique to the United States. Most of us humans have this need to share our story in a safe experience. If someone is, is located somewhere else and isn't able to see you, could they journal on some of this? Is, would that be a good way to kind of work through that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think journaling would be a wonderful um, self-reflective practice mm -hmm. to tell your story. Um, voice memos on your phone. You can actually say it out loud. There's something so powerful about the voice. And you being, you know, a yoga instructor, you know that that um, throat chakra is, you know, of great service to us. So I even say, you know, use your voice memo on your phone. Or, of course, I do do um, 
digital coaching appointments. Yeah, you do. Of course. Yeah, so we can <laughs> we can chat if you're remote as well. That's true. Oh, that's yeah. good news. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, you know, we talked to the stress and the way that affects the body, the mind, all of the things. You also have so much knowledge around food and how we nourish our bodies. And, and you talk about intuitive eating, which... Mm-hmm. Makes so much sense in my mind, but when I'm actually like thinking about what intuitively, what do I, what do I need to be doing? I sometimes don't fully understand it. Can you describe what, what intuitive eating is? Yeah, absolutely. And before I get to that, I'll preface by saying, you know, you were just um, asking about stress and everything. And um, this relates back to food. So I'll say that one mechanism of stress in our society that I see a lot in our coaching practice is that uh, we're highly committed to things external to ourselves. So this might be work commitments or events, social commitments, volunteering, um, family members who need our care, etc. We have have a really outward expression of our energy and the that effect is fine you know we can all have that drive and ambition and get things accomplished and be productive but it um, the effect is that it creates distance from ourselves. right um, so we're you know not getting to know ourselves and what we need and um, stress is kind of addicting I, I don't know if you've you know experienced that but it's kind of cyclical in the fact that the more of it we have the more of it we seem to attract And so the reason I say this is because um, this leads to warped relationships with food and with eating because we start to only trust the opinions of, say, experts or programs outside of ourself telling us how we're supposed to eat. Um, And beyond that, we live in a reductionist culture, which breaks food down to calories, macronutrients, um, does it have gluten or not, ingredients, etc. And so that is also external to us. We're never going inward and asking our bodies what resonates and what we need. And that is what intuitive eating is. It's saying, okay, we're going to make a departure from this reliance on experts and... um, different types of eating programs. And we're just going to say, what resonates with my personal body? And that's what you eat. And it is such a radical way to eat in our particular culture. But I believe there's true healing in it. I myself have healed from my disordered eating through intuitive eating. And I've seen a lot of clients do it as well. So our bodies know how to eat and how to do this. In fact, we've evolved, you know, for millennia as humans, um, knowing what to eat and how much and when. And so part of my coaching practice is to help clients get more in tune with what their bodies need. Is it, is it just sort of slowing down and saying like, okay, I'm full now, like I'm going to stop or, you know, I've been eating a ton of sugar and I feel super anxious. Like, I mean, is that kind of the start to that idea? Yes, absolutely. I think one thing that's powerful that I'll do earlier on in my coaching practice for the clients that resonate with it would be a food log, but it's not like the typical ones where you write down your calories and and things of that. Mm. You just write down what you eat and then how you're feeling during digestion. So maybe one or two words you're having um, that relate to how you're feeling in that moment to see if that food resonated with you, or maybe one or two thoughts, you know, like, oh, I'm feeling energetic. I'm feeling great. That lunch really resonated. Or, you know, yeah, I ate this and now I'm feeling guilty or I'm feeling shame or, you know, it's it's um, physically not resonating. I have, you know, a stomach ache or, you know, it's just about getting to the actual physical and mental response to whatever we eat 
And then from there, we can start to notice patterns and say, okay, these types of foods seem to resonate with you. Um, these maybe don't. And that empowers individuals to make stronger choices about what they need at any given moment. Mm-hmm. I think I did it this morning. I was yeah. thinking of you. Awesome. I, was, I had to wake up really early to teach yoga. And sometimes when I wake up early, my digestion feels weird. Just like, mm, ugh. Yes. And mm-hmm. I was on the way here and I'm like, you know, I think I need a yogurt. Like, I think I need some good bacteria going on my tummy kind of hurts and it I feel like 10 million times better yes see it actually works it does. I think I have a lot of clients that come in um skeptical of this process yeah. um just because we've been told so long these are quote the healthy foods and these are quote the non-unhealthy foods or these are the good foods these are the bad foods but actually when we kind of set that aside and just tune in um, we're able to say, well, I know what I need. And that's really powerful. And like you this morning, you knew you needed the yogurt. Now you're feeling great. Um, this is a powerful experience and it's quite simple. And yet for our culture here in the United States, it's pretty radical. We just need to practice it a little and we have to flex that yes. muscle more often. It takes practice for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, another pillar of your coaching is Ayurveda. And Mm -hmm. I love saying that word. I feel like I sound smart. Ayurveda. (laughs) Um, and it's really, it's often talked about in, in yoga practices, but I, I don't always know how to explain what Ayurveda is to people. Will you explain it? Absolutely. Yes. So Ayurveda is an, is a holistic health science that originated in India. It actually evolved right alongside yoga. So it's oftentimes called the sister science of yoga. Whereas yoga was designed to um, lead individuals toward enlightenment and the best version of their self, essentially, uh, holy, or excuse me, Ayurveda was designed to provide you um, lifestyle parameters or things that could help you um, through your everyday life and particularly around food and eating. So in Ayurveda, it's believed that there are three body types, and those body types have physical and mental characteristics, um, personality types, if you will, and those individual body types resonate um, towards certain foods, you know, better than others, and that's called your dosha. And so when we find out your dosha, to me, it's Ayurveda is a beautiful tool in assisting with intuitive eating because it helps you get to know yourself better and say, Like, for example, when I discovered my dosha, I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I don't like these foods. This is part of my being. Like, this is a biological wiring. Um, And it felt like I got some solace. I felt so validated. Um, And so, again, it's an intuitive tool that we can use to help you understand um, what foods really work for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Your dosha and my dosha are very similar. Yes, they are. (laughs) It's pitta dosha. (laughs) Pitta is... You think of, I mean, a lot of energy, a lot of fire, yes. a bit over the top over here. I don't know. <laughs> yep, yep. Pitta doshas are intense. They are, um, yeah, fiery, passionate, very social. Um, they're excited to rally around causes and support other individuals, raise other people up. Um, they're advocates. Um, and, yeah, they're powerful. Mm-hmm. And... If someone were to try to figure out what their dosha is, they can go on your website. Absolutely. Yep. So I have an Ayurveda page on my website. You can read a little bit more about the science itself and the individual doshas. And then if you're curious, there's a little questionnaire on there. It will take you just about 10 minutes. um, And at the end, you'll get your um, little score. That's a great jumping off point to get an idea of where you're at um, from a doshic perspective. And then if you're wanting to know more after that and get, you know, a solid idea of, you know, exactly where you stand. 
mind. Um, you can come see me and I can help you interpret what, where you're at, or you can see an Ayurvedic doctor. Um, you know, anyone in the field is going to be able to support you in understanding your dosha and how it can help you. And it can really ebb and flow. I think that's something that I've learned from you recently is that depending on where you're at in your life, you know, you're in a wedding planning process or you just went through that mm-hmm. whole, you know, big day and now you're starting to come off kind of a high and you're feeling maybe a little bit low, like it ebbs and flows and your body needs different things. So you can check in on where you're at really at any given time. Your core dosha essentially stays the same. Is that true? Yes. So your core dosha will not change your whole life. You're born with it and it'll always stick with you. But your imbalance or what's challenging you at any given moment can change. And that can be represented by uh, the core dosha you are or one of the other two doshas. Um, So for example, I'm a pitta dominant dosha, but I could have a vata imbalance. Vata is another one of the doshas. Um, So and that can ebb and flow, just as you're saying, in different seasons of life. And actually, Vata dosha is responsible for stress imbalances. So that's the one I see most common in my practice and certainly around people who are planning a wedding. The vata in your life, which is the stress energy, um, may increase. And so there's definitely certain ways we can um, support you in responding to that. Mm-hmm. You are a busy woman. You have so much on your plate. How? Like, what are your practices for staying well? What are your self-care routines maybe with you or your super awesome partner do you do anything together oh well that's a great question <laughs> um well we went to the pear care event yeah, you did. um which was super cool we loved actually having an opportunity to um you know, fuse our conversations about health and well-being because just like you, even though I'm in this space, I still, you know, need to work on things every day in order to maintain my own well-being and that of my relationship. Um, So that was really great. Um, I would say that where our self-care overlaps is that both him and I enjoy being social and being with our friends, and that's definitely a form of self-care that I like to make time for. Um, especially with the way things are so busy these days, we can put off those, um, you know, times to really connect with the people who are meaningful in our lives. But him and I do make a point of doing that. Um, or even having our alone time, which is really essential these days. Yeah. Too. <laughs> you, I mean, you do have to schedule it in. Sometimes. You do. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as far as me personally, one thing that um, I think is important to note is that, you know, my wellness practices, my self-care routine is always evolving. And what I commonly see in my practice is that people will come in and believe that a self-care plan, quote unquote, is like static and they have to be committed and dedicated to that. And any, you know, divergence from, you know, that routine or plan um, is is them getting, quote unquote, off track. And um, that's, you know, really counter human, if you will, um, because, as humans, we're constantly in flux and, you know, uh, the true meaning of self-care is truly responding to what we need at any given moment is being able to respond mindfully to that flux. Um, so I, I know that can be harder than it sounds, but I would say it's really important. Um, true self-care being that you, you know, respond to those needs. Um, So, for example, in my life, like I love yoga, you know, I'm a yogi student and um, I like practicing regularly. Um, But this fall, I just I was seeming to lose my interest and I didn't feel called to go to the studio. And 
um, instead of obligating myself to go, I just tuned into my body, similar to how intuitive eating works. I said, okay, well, what movement do you need? Um, and I began walking around the lake that's near my place. Mm. And um, it really refreshed my spirit. And after a few weeks, I just realized that my whole being was just craving time outside, solitude, and serenity. And I think this makes sense because the particular yoga studio I go to um, is, you know, of course, yoga is relaxing, but um, it's also a social and energizing place. And so for me, it was important in that moment to tune in and say, oh, I was needing something different. And I responded accordingly. Um, so my encouragement around self-care and that sort of thing would be to follow what you need. Um, and, you know, for me, that's always changing. Um, of course, I, I mentioned yoga. I mentioned time with my partner and with our friends and socializing. But another grounding force for me is cooking at home. Um, I love travel. Um, another thing that people don't think of as self-care but is really important is boundaries. Um, I'm yeah. really honest with myself about my energetic limits and setting those with other people and saying no as needed. That's a big one and not always thought about with self-care. I think some people immediately associate self-care with like a face mask and bubble baths and it's totally that, but it's also doing the work of boundaries. Um, and then I also, um, you know, see a Reiki practitioner regularly mm. and I also have a spiritual coach right now. I'm a coach who firmly believes in coaches. So I also have a coach. Um, and then lastly, I love reality TV. I watch <laughs> 90 day fiance and I love it, which is such a great form of self care. I've never so, seen that. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. I love it. So it's just like a, they get married oh after 90 gosh. days. Yes. It's usually like Americans and then people from around the world who are coming here on the K-1 visa and they have 90 days to wed. Wow. And so I just love the drama and everything. So my point is that self-care can be anything you need it to be as long as you're tuning in that moment and listening and being honest when it's, you know, I need that walk right now or I need to veg on the couch and drink wine and watch 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I love that you say that too, that Sometimes it's something, I mean, self-care is such a buzzy word right now. It's so popular, but it, it is literally just actually taking care of yourself in whatever way yes. you need to do that. And, mm -hmm. you know, being wine and reality TV and, and vegging is like, that's part of it. It's not just working out and, and eating super healthy. It's all of it together. Exactly. Yep. I see so many people that feel obligated to almost be like saintly in nature or they don't feel that they are participating in self-care. Like you said, they only are associating um, maybe exercise or eating well with self-care. Um, and that's and that's just not true. In fact, it's a disservice to their own self to put that much pressure on themselves to be upholding these rigid schedules every single day. Um, there are going to be days that, you know, the, re the exercise doesn't resonate and it's just not the right thing. There are going to be days where your energy is better preserved, um, you know, resting. And that means maybe you don't cook, but you order takeout. I mean, we really have to get good at tuning in and rooting in what we hear we need from our own bodies. Right. I heard the other night that I needed to watch a ridiculous Amazon Prime movie. See, and I loved it. Exactly. It was called, what was it? Brittany Runs a Marathon. Have you watched that? No. It sounds dumb, but it was, it was like, <laughs> I don't know it exactly was, what I'm see, into. It fed what you needed in that moment. Yeah. And that's really key. And it should feel good. That's what I oftentimes say to my clients. If it's feeling like really tough to uphold, it's probably not the real deal in terms of self-care because you're supposed to feel good. You're supposed to like feel 
happy that you watched that movie and mm-hmm. it like hit the right spot. And I'm hearing you really enjoyed yourself. I so did. Self care. It was a good. Show. It was yes. a good show. I my husband was gone and he's like, "What are you doing? What are you watching? Are you listening to a podcast?" Usually that's what I'm doing, like learning something. Yeah. No, I'm watching a ridiculous movie yes. and it feels good. <laughs> we can't be on a hundred percent of the time. No, we cannot. So you you've been coaching for seven years. You said. Yep, that's right. Um, that's how long I've been teaching yoga. Weird. Okay. See, Look we're aligned. Us. Aligned. <laughs> Through this process, what is one of the biggest takeaways, things you've learned from the journey, either about yourself or about the world around us? And it might be a surprise or it might have just been like really reinforcing something you already knew. Mm. You know, it relates to everything we've been talking about. My biggest takeaway actually was related to how powerful the force of culture is in determining health. Uh, And actually, I had the pleasure after college of spending two years in France and just Mm -hmm. aligning with a different cultural rhythm. And um, in France, I was able to slow down. Of course, the relationship with food is oriented around pleasure instead of fuel and nutrition. And so um, just having this um, immersion into a different take helped me realize just how powerful the United States culture is in um, influencing our health. And Mm. I thought to myself, well, no wonder we have challenges with stress. Um, You know, the dominant cultural values around productivity and, quote, the hustle and, you know, things of that nature really uh, make people feel obligated to, you know, be doing something all the time. And in fact, merit and worth seems to get wrapped up in how much you're doing and how much you've accomplished and things of that nature. And so um, I ended up uh, actually teaching a course on this at St. Kate's for um, their undergraduates. I was an adjunct faculty there for a couple of years called Culture, Health, and Healing. And that course really explores, so how do the cultural forces influence our health? Um, And as we've been talking about, you know, our culture kind of orients towards stress. And so my biggest takeaway is that, um, you know, we need to do the radical work of, again, being willing to not be outward and external um, with our energy and being willing to go inward because we have all the answers we need within, but a lot of us just aren't familiar with ourselves Mm -hmm. or we're not even comfortable with silence oftentimes because we're so overstimulated. And so that's the practice I think we need as members of the United States society is being willing to go inward um, and to, quote, do that work of learning what we need. That's going to be what helps us feel better. And I would say I I believe there's a true reason for this. There's a reason we're pushed to be external, and it's because we live in a capitalist society and going inward is free, (laughs) (laughs) which is a problem. I didn't even think of that. Yep. There's an economic force to this. So, you know, if you're sitting at home on your meditation cushion or you're, you know, um, journaling to yourself, these practices are either no or low cost. And so, um, of course, our culture is going to build industries in which we feel, you know, we need to have um, something external to ourselves in order to stay healthy. So lots of, like I was saying earlier, nutrition programs and um, experts to tell you what to do and things of that nature, as opposed to, you know, sending the message of true health, which is, you know, tuning into yourself and slowing down, um, doing less, um, you know, that's something you know, we're not trained to do in our culture, but yet it's incredibly healing. I love that. It's 
for those of us that are on, on the budge, wedding planning or the budget for life right. or whatever, yes. like yes. the, I mean, I think of my biggest self-care practices, meditation, mm-hmm. m- most of the time yoga, all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can do that at home without any cost. Right. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Ugh, that's a good reminder. I had not yeah. thought of that idea about the capitalist attachment there. And that makes yeah. sense, though. There's definitely economic under- undertones to the biggest ailments we're seeing, you know, in the United States and the biggest problems my clients come in with. Um, and while, yes, uh, you know, something like holistic health coaching with someone like myself does cost money, my job is to work myself out of a job. I've succeeded when you can go on and be self-efficient and um, take care of your your own being because you know how to tune in at that point. Um, that's, you know, really the key here. And, you know, as we were saying, things like meditation, journaling, um, you know, that tuning in process, you know, all of these are low to no cost and yet they're really powerful resources. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I learn so much from you every time we're together. I just, I think I well, know I a lot. I could talk about this stuff all day. As you know, I'm such a, you just I so nerd out knowledge. about this stuff a lot. So Thank goodness it's helping people. It really is. Will you talk about your e-course so that anyone in the world can experience your goodness? Yes, absolutely. So I am so excited about this e-course. It's called Everyday Holistic Help. It is on sale now, and the first class will start in January 2020. Um, You can do the course from anywhere. It downloads just like a podcast might, so you can listen to it on your commute. Um, There's also a lovely workbook that goes along with it, so you can be doing exercises after each weekly lesson. It's a six-week course. Um, And there's going to be a couple of live sessions where you um, tune in with everybody else in the class, and we get together as a community. We'll be having discussion, and I'll be answering questions live so, you know, I can get to know you as well. Um, And it's essentially doing this work that we've been talking about of how do you actually incorporate holistic principles into your life? How do you slow down? How do you get comfortable with feeling rooted? How do you get comfortable with the quiet? And how do you opt out of a lot of the, you know, finance, energy, and um, other productivity, you know, sucking mechanisms of Mm -hmm. our culture, if you will? How do you get... um, your own agency back so that you feel empowered to decide what you want to do with your life and you feel well doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. And it starts mm-hmm. in January? Yep. January starts January 27th. Okay. Yep. So up until then, um, you can get enrolled through my website, um, which is houseofogis.com. It's H-A-U-S. Um, and there's a site or excuse me, there's a page there with details about the course if you want to read more um, or, you know, you can signed up right through the, the enrollment that I love that you're you're scaling yourself you're able to reach so many more people yes I'm super excited about this too because over seven years and even in um, you know what I was studying um, with my degrees and certifications um, the same problems keep coming up over and over again and the same questions come up again and again with each client and I am so happy to serve that person in the moment but I really felt called this year to say you know what this needs to be an educational experience so that I can you know combine everything I've learned and all the questions I've received from my clients throughout the years and then you know provide it to others so it can like you said reach way more people Mm-hmm. So we, as you know, work with a lot of brides, um, people that yes. are newly married or just starting to expand their life. This would be an awesome place for them to start, for sure, the e-course. What other little tips or anything 
can you give them to stay super well grounded, hopefully minimally stressed throughout mm-hmm. this process? Yeah, well, uh, of course, I have to take my hat off to you, Ashley, because I think the work you're doing with Wedded Wellness mm-hmm. is so, so needed right now and so incredible. I love to see uh, well-being um, brought to industries like weddings um, that are classically viewed as super stressful and for good reason. There's definitely a lot that goes into planning a wedding and it's such a massive event. Um, Lots of people's opinions are involved and usually the bride is filtering all of that um, or oftentimes or the couple. Um, And so I think it's wonderful that you are saying, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. So part of my advice for brides would be to stay connected with you Mm, to continue to, yes, listen to this podcast, um, to take you up on some of the services you have leading up into the big day or for the day of to really ground through some yoga or meditation. Um, Outside of that, I, of course, also offer holistic health coaching and encourage individuals to really consider that for um, themselves or along with their partner. Um, Because, you know, I think when you're merging your life with someone else, um, you know, health and wellness or lifestyle can be an afterthought sometimes. Yeah. You know, people are willing to hire a financial advisor or a realtor, or um, maybe they do premarital counseling or work with a spiritual advisor um, for that support. And these things feel very natural to them as a part of, you know, how they're going to approach this merged life together. But health and wellness is like on the back burner or it's just viewed as, oh yeah, that'll just be obvious how we like merge that together as a couple and how we approach that. But Um, it's not exactly that simple. Uh, I have a lot of people who come into my practice and say, um, uh, you know, I have these goals and my partner is totally on a different page. So I would say at the very least, come together with your partner and say, hey, how do we want to approach this planning time in our lives? What are going to be our grounding forces to stay well, um, both individually and as partners? And then how are we going to do that in our life? Like have a check-in maybe after the big day and say, you know, what does our well-being look like together? Even simple things like um, how do we manage, um, you know, stressful times? How do we view rejuvenating downtime? Um, How do we, you know, cook meals and have like the, how do we do the eating thing together? How does that flow in our home? Um, I think all those things are super important and not necessarily something that people are talking about. So definitely have conversations. Uh, And then if you're feeling, you know, um, like you're not knowing where to start there, give me a call. I'm Mm -hmm. happy to support couples in this process. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. And again, um, you know, view hiring a holistic health coach, just like you might a financial advisor or a realtor. I'm that individual that can support you in, um, you know, that long-term health and well-being um, plan or strategy for your future. It's so true that we we ask, you know, we get our realtors in line, we get our, I remember we opened our joint checking, all the things, and to think, Mm -hmm. the fact, it was funny because when John and I got married, I used to be a vegetarian for a really long time, not anymore, but he wasn't and it, like yeah. that conversation because we didn't live together till we got married and I remember being like oh like we have to cook for each other like really regularly right. and I'm like I don't really know what to make you because I don't eat meat mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that conversation was pretty funny and it took us a long time to figure it out yeah so we didn't think about that right and I see couples operating in silos around food a lot maybe it's silos. that yeah mm-hmm. maybe it's that they have um 
different food goals, which is totally fine. But, you know, having conversations about it is super helpful. And then determining where's their overlap so that you can really leverage your strengths. And how does each partner support the other in their goals too? Um, and again, sometimes this is just helpful to have a third party involved that can, you know, be an objective viewpoint and support them, you know, from the outside in really determining what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to go home and I can't revisit this combo now that I'm thinking about yeah. it. Like, hey, we yeah. need to revisit the, yeah. the meal planning thing. Oh, Nelly, you're so yeah. knowledgeable. Thank you for all your guidance. I want to tell listeners about one more thing that we do together because yes, it's kind please. of my favorite. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so we offer, um, through Wedded Wellness in the Twin Cities, a, a goddess bachelorette, rather a self-care bachelorette, yes, which yes. also like goddess, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Self-care bachelorette and... You get a little yoga. I'll teach a yoga class um, for an hour or so. And then Nellie talks about self-care in mm-hmm. a, a really fun, lighthearted way. So pre, you know, going out, partying, doing your thing for your bachelorette, which is always encouraged. Like, do what you need to do. Try on this this option of, yeah. of self-care, of learning a little bit about yourself with your girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever. This is for mm-hmm. everyone and anyone. Check it out on the website, Self Care Bachelorette. Thanks again, Nellie, for sharing all this amazing insight. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I cannot wait to meet um, more of the brides that you work with and all the um, maids of honors and mothers of the brides. I I love meeting everyone involved. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to be supportive in the self-care way and through coaching. The work you're doing, as I said before, is super exciting. Thank you for bringing wellness to an otherwise <laughs> not necessarily well industry. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. So you can check out Nellie at houseofojas.com. Again, that's H-A-U-S of Ojas, O-J-A-S. Um, you can also check her out on the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Follow her on Instagram. She has beautiful food pics and other self-care practices that I usually use like in the moment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Please check it out. Thanks again, Nellie. Thank you so much, Ashley. Appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning into the Wedded Wellness Podcast. Um, this is one of our very first episodes and there's so much more to come. So if you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe now and give us a five-star rating. It really means a lot. Tune in next time and in the meantime, take care of yourself. Thanks everyone.